Hey sisters, Christy here from Book Club Sisterhood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is where we share our weekly book discussions with you so you can listen while multitasking or enjoying your favorite drink and reading along with us. I hope you enjoy this discussion. Let's grow. Hey sisters, I'm Christy, co-founding sister of Book Club Sisterhood. Welcome back to our third week of Faith, Farming, and Family by Caitlin Henderson. We are going to be discussing chapters 9 through 13 this week. So really good chapters. Again, I very much identify with her again this week. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) Um, and I know PJ's already done, so I know she's enjoyed the book. (laughs) Um, Nella, I know, has enjoyed the book. I assume Shelly is too. Yeah. Yeah, she's a really good writer. She's just... God's definitely blessed her with writing for sure. All right. So chapter nine is called the bountiful harvest to learning to feel both grief and gratitude. So she talks about her son again and this unknown sickness that he has and how mm-hmm. she tried to stay grateful um, to God through the process. She would post every time her son went to the doctor and at the end of every post, she would say, and God is so good. I'm thankful for, you know, um, And somebody actually asked her, like, how can you be so grateful and thankful when you are going through this hard time? And she said, you know, I really just remembered that God is bigger than anything that this world can throw at us. So that was, you know, she, she held that in her heart. And I know I've been in those situations too, where you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know God's bigger than this. Um, You know, we can feel broken or confused, but he doesn't want that for us. Um, and that's, and that's what she's talking about, um, in this chapter on the bottom of page 105, she says he picks up the pieces of our shattered souls and forms them into something only he can make. That reminded me of the book by Lisa Turkhurst. Um, it's not supposed to be this way. I know it's backwards on your screen. Sorry. Um, but this book was so, so good. I think we read it like two years ago, um, in March. Um, I'd have to look back to be precise, but I'm pretty sure it was about two years ago. Um, and on page 17 of this book, she says, but what if shattering is the only way to get dust back in its basic form so that something can be, so that something new can be made. And mm-hmm. it just reminded me, I mean, if you keep reading on that page, she talks about, excuse me, Adam being formed from dust in Genesis 2, 7. And that passage says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Yeah. When we feel shattered or broken, God is right beside us. And he sees a beautiful new beginning, like a clean slate. You don't have any of that, you know, stuff you were thinking about before, you know, you're so broken and so shattered that it's like, okay, there's nothing else. So that allows you to build a new foundation in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin then talks about her husband losing his father. And obviously that crushed him. That gave him a lot of anger toward God. And he didn't have, I don't think he was raised um, in church or anything like that. Um, I would have to confirm that, but I, I think she, she says that he wasn't like raised with mm-hmm. a deep faith. Um, but I like the perspective he was eventually able to get to, okay? Not right away, 
at first after his dad died he was angry he was overwhelmed because now this farm the whole farm fell into his lap um but I like the perspective he eventually got around to and he told his wife Caitlin that you know we probably would have never met our family wouldn't exist and I wouldn't have the relationship with God that I have if my father hadn't died so you know he was able to have that healthy view of what happened like of course he didn't want his father to die none of us want bad things to happen right But sometimes you can look back and say, you know what, that had to happen so that other things can happen to, you know, formulate God's plan in my life because Caitlin and Jake probably never would have met and he wouldn't be clinging to God like he is now. Um, She quotes on page 110, she quotes Romans 8.28, and this actually came up in my life this week. Um, Romans 8.28 says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God can take any situation and use it for good. I don't Mm -hmm. believe that things happen for a specific reason, but God definitely has a purpose in all situations. He can find, he can make something out of every situation. Um, On down a little bit lower on page 110, she talks about the passage of John 16, 33. And Jesus tells his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, a lot of people are afraid of death, but in God, we know that death is just the beginning. That's the beginning of eternity. And we get to spend that with God. Um, Joy is coming in heaven for those that believe. Um, and that's, that's what we're clinging to, right? This world is broken. It is fallen. We are here for a purpose. God places exactly where you are exactly with the things that you need to complete what he's called over your life. But just remembering that joy is coming in heaven for those that believe, if you would like to talk more about, if, if you're not really sure what we're talking about, like, what are you talking about? Where is this? Where is heaven? What is this joy? Um, if you don't know what that means, I want you to, you can send me an email. You can reach out to any of us. I'm sure any of us would love to have that conversation with you. Um, but me specifically, you can reach me at bookclubsisterhood at gmail.com. Um, I would love to continue that conversation with you. If you don't know what that means to have joy and to be in heaven and to believe, you don't even know what that means. Like, what do you believe? Um, We believe that Jesus died on the cross to save us for our sins, which allows us to spend eternity in heaven with him. If you want to talk about that more, please reach out because I would love to have that conversation with you. All right. On page 114, she says, I don't have to know how he will use each situation. I can just be thankful that he will. So going back to where she started the chapter, she's talking about, you know, I don't, she didn't know what was going to happen with her, her son's sickness. Just like, I didn't know what was going to happen when my son had a limp, he could have had cancer. He could have had, you know, a nerve disease. I don't know. He, he was limping for no good reason. The doctors weren't concerned. So, you know, I finally gave it over to God I did all the medical things first because I'm a nurse. That's what I do. Um, And then I gave it to God, which is not the right order. Um, And we've talked about that multiple times. So I'm not going to dig super deep into that right now. But 
I didn't know what the plan was just like she didn't know what the plan was with her son, but we can still be grateful to God. We can still, I, I try to tell my son this all the time. You know, if he doesn't get his way and he gets upset, he just wants to pout and he has this really like, like mean mug. He, he knows how he's got a good mean mug. Um, but he just wants to pout. And I'm like, you know what? Tell me something you're grateful for, because that's what's worked in my life when I'm upset or hurt or whatever. I, I'm like, okay, stop. This is not going to run my day. I'm going to think of something that I'm grateful for. Like I have this wonderful house. I have a supportive family that is there for me. Um, I have a job. Lots of people don't have jobs and I'm thankful for that. So I try to turn my perspective around and that's, you know, we may not know the plan, but we know the planner. We know the one that holds the plans and we know that he, like in Romans 8, 28, he is, he can make, um, I'm going to say it wrong because I'm trying too hard. Um, we know that in all things, God works for good for those that love him. We know that. So if we know, we know him, we have a relationship with God. We know that he wants what's best for us and he wants good things for us. Then we can sit back and we can trust and we can give it over to him because we know him and we know his intentions are for good things to happen to us. Um, she also quotes at the end of first Thessalonians five eighteen. it says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So just thank him no matter what's going on in your life, good or bad. Um, my husband has been, um, listening to Hills and Valleys by Torrin Wells a ton lately that that song is just speaking to him but it says from the mountains i will bow my life to the one who put me there in the valleys i will <laughs> I forgot the words the valleys i will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there so when you're on the mountain and everything's great and everything is wonderful don't turn your back on him you bow your life to him and you thank him in the valleys you're going to do the same thing you're going to bow your head and know that he sees you no matter what's going on in your life. That's what this says, you know, give thanks in all circumstances. All is all inclusive. That means every single circumstance. If you're bored out of your mind and you're just like, man, life is just boring right now. Give him thanks because he has held off bad things from you or you have whatever it is that you can be grateful for in your life. If you're totally bummed, if you're elated, it doesn't matter. Give him thanks. He deserves all the thanks because he gave you everything you have. Okay. Chapter 10, back to the simple life, learning that living more simply invites greater joy. Um, page mm -hmm. 117. That's really cool. On page 117 at the bottom, she says, busyness isn't a competition and busy should not be a title we wear proudly. We need rest. God commands that we have a Sabbath day. I took a nap Saturday and Sunday and I'm proud of it. It was amazing. It was glorious. I don't take naps often, but man, I must've needed it because it felt good. Um, sometimes we need to relax. God shared an example of that in Genesis one. He worked hard creating everything for six days and then he took a day of rest. Now, I mean, God created everything. So did he really need to rest? Who knows? But that was our example. That was him showing us like work for six days and then you need to rest because our bodies don't just keep going 
we need to relax. Um, on page 121 through 124, she touches on comparison and specifically like what other moms are doing and how you sometimes feel like you have to be that mom. And that can go for any situation, like your coworker, your, your friend or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, you know, she found herself comparing what she was doing in her life to other moms. Um, you know, I'm not part of the PTA. I don't have my kids in a million sports. They each have one activity that they're in right now. And that keeps us hopping for sure. But we also have downtime. We do our best to have dinner together most nights. I can't say that it happens every night, but like tonight we were able to all sit around the table and we had a meal together, which was nice. Um, but I think we all need to look at our kids and, you know, figure out what they actually need for those of us that have younger kids and you get to decide what they do still, um, you know, you need to figure out what they need, not what society needs or tells them that they need. So it doesn't mean she also says like, you know, it doesn't mean you pull your kids out of every activity. Like they still need to be, you know, socializing in different groups if that's what they want, but it's just about making wise decisions um, about how you spend your time. You know, you have to, you need to have dedicated family time and dedicated activity time. It's just however it works best for you. Um, as long as you pray about it. Um, on page 125, she says, while we have great freedom in deciding what to put on our schedules, we are still called to have a servant's heart. But she says, you know, I'm not going to stop volunteering for church. I'm not going to stop serving people. It's not like don't do anything or you do everything. You know, you have to find that gray area, that middle ground where it, it works for you. Um, Galatians 5.13, she quotes right below that says, you, my brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, rather serve one another humbly, humbly in love. So that's that middle ground. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to just have all the free time and not serve anybody because that's what we're here for. We're here to help take care of other people. Um, but you also don't want to like overbook yourself. It's balance, right? Um, on page 126, she says, I no longer want to sacrifice the great so I can have the good. You know, I want my kids to think back about their childhood and remember the times that we played with them or took walks or, or just sat and talked. Like I, I want them to remember those times, you know, conversations in the car happen a lot on the way home from school. And it's, it's interesting what they talk about. Of course they're six and eight. So there's not usually like anything super deep. There was one time, I think I wrote a blog post about it. Luca said something about Hulk and I can't remember. I'd have to go back and try to find that post, but it was, it was really funny. And we just, I got all kinds of deep stuff out of that. And all he said was like, Hulk is the best or, you know, he said something deeper than that, but, um, I don't specifically remember what he said. Um, but it was just, I don't know. It just, that particular sentence kind of hit a nerve for me. Um, if you guys have watched the movie Encanto, there's a really good line in one of the songs that she said, um, it's Louisa, the strong one. And she says that, you know, if I'm not being helpful, then I don't feel useful or something. Again, I'm going to have to look that up now. I don't remember 
I was like, whoa, that is a hard line. Like, I don't feel worthy if I'm not being helpful, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because everything for them was all about their gift. If you're not using your gift, you're not worthy. There's the main character doesn't get a gift at the beginning. So then she's kind of seen as less than like, oh, you need to get out of the way because you're not helpful, that kind of thing. And um, it's a really good movie. They have a really good storyline in there. So if you haven't watched it, I know it's a cartoon. My general rule is I won't watch any cartoons without children in the room, but it, I mean, there's a good, there, there's a really good message in there for, for anybody, the way that we put a lot of weight on what people can do for us. It's not about what they can do for you. You're just supposed to love them. Like your family is supposed to love you no matter what you can or can't do for them. Cause there's probably going to come a time in life where you're going to need them to take care of you and you're not going to be able to do anything for them. So are you still going to be worthy enough for, you know, that's the whole thing. And I don't, <laughs> I just went down a little rabbit trail, but it's okay. Um, and Kanto is a really good movie is the point of this. Um, but um, yeah, so um, family is messy. <laughs> but just remember, you know, your worth is not in what you can do for someone. Your worth should be in who you are. God calls you worthy. All right. Page 127. She says it's in the quiet moments that we are able to hear God the loudest. And I think we talked about this in December. I like to do like a, a, a book about slowing down in December, because I think we all just like ramp up and we're like, we have to do all the things. Like we have to go to all the parties and decorate our house and do all the things. But I, I just, you know, slowing down is a, that's a really good time of year for me, at least to talk about slowing down because sometimes we just completely overbook ourselves. But anyway, we've talked about that. Um, during those slowdown months about, you know, the more quiet you get, the louder God's voice gets. It's definitely true. You know, when I've allowed the world to get quiet around me and I've shut off radios and I've turned off podcasts and I've just sat in the stillness by myself, that's really when I hear God speak. It truly is. He's given me several ideas of things that I should have probably have had done by now. Um, but <laughs> haven't quite gotten there, but I'm working on it. I just prayed today the prayer that, that Caitlin prayed about her writing, you know, God, give me direction. Tell me, to, you know, what exactly you want me to write about and who to write for and all that. So I did pray that today. So we'll see what he shows me. All right. Chapter 11 is called city meets rural. That's a hard mm. word. Rural. <laughs> Who made that word? Why can't we just say country? Study <laughs> <laughs> meets country. All right. Learning that not everyone thinks like you do. So she starts this chapter talking about a group of ladies that were different and they were having a conversation. They were having a very healthy, loving conversation, just getting to know each other, asking each other questions about their life because there was a couple city girls, there was a couple farm girls, and you know, the city girls had no clue. Yeah. I'll go ahead and call myself a city girl because I know nothing about farming. Um, you know, but I love following Caitlin because I know nothing about farming. That's exactly why I follow her because it's interesting to me because I'm like, I'm never going to live that life, but I'm interested in watching her do that. And I, I follow a sheep farmer, never going to have that life, but you know what? She's lambing right now. And these lambs are the cutest things in the whole wide world. They like scamper down the pin together like one starts and they all start running with it It, it's the most adorable thing ever if you need a nice heartwarming story to go watch on instagram it's called sheepishly me i love her 
all of her, like, she's just an awesome person, but especially when she's lambing. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So I'm a city girl. I know nothing about this stuff, but it's, it's fun for me. Like I would never like dog on her because I don't know anything about farming. Um, I would never tell her like, that's not the way you should live life, but there are people out there that do that. Um, it, it's hard to find a good, healthy relationship on the internet right now is what I'm trying to say. There's always haters out there. There's people that feel comfortable behind a keyboard, um, or their phone, um, and are okay with just attacking people. I don't understand that. Like, if you wouldn't say it to their face, don't say it on the computer. Full stop. Yeah. Like that's, that's that's the issue. People are willing yeah. to say stuff when you don't have that face to face. Right. Um. Yeah. No consequences. I can say whatever I want. And nobody can come at me. Um. Yeah. Um. On page one thirty. If I can turn the page. There we go. Um. At the top, she says we can find we can find friendships and make connections with people who are polar opposites of us. And I think we should. She talks about a Jewish lady, excuse me, that encourages her. And this lady's from New York and um, Caitlin lives in Kansas. So, but they've been talking over the internet and they're, you know, they don't believe the same exact things, but they can still encourage each other and love on one another, even though they don't believe the same thing. And that's, that's what, God wants. That's what Jesus did when he was here. He didn't talk down to the prostitute or the tax collector. He said, come follow me. Come hang out with me. Let's, let's go have a conversation. But it wasn't a conversation of him beating them down saying you're doing things wrong. It was, it was not like that. Um, you know, I, I love hearing about other cultures. My husband makes fun of me because I, I used to love watching sister wives that is not on any level going to ever be my life ever, but it's interesting to see somebody else live that life. I would be friends with any of those ladies. I, I mean, I would hang out with them <laughs> occasionally, you know, just to have a conversation like, man, how does this work? You know, how, how does that work for you? Um, I liked living near DC when we lived in Virginia because there were so many different cultures. It was, it was so cool. Like you could have an Arabic person and then a Spanish speaking person. And then me, like we could all sit at a table together and have a conversation if we all spoke the same language. Um, and just hang out like that, that was just normal. You know, any of my nurse friends at the hospital, we could be of all kinds of different descents hanging out at the nurse's station together. It, it's, it's possible. Okay. You don't have to, not all your friends have to look like you. Um, you know, we weren't all raised the same. So it's interesting to hear other people's viewpoints. Um, even, I mean, any of us, you know, we were all raised different. So we're going to have different opinions and different places that we come from in a conversation. So, um, and you don't have to agree on everything, but you do have to be nice. Just, just be nice. That's it. You don't have to have the same political views. Just be nice. All right. Page 136 in the middle, she says, we are called to move our feet, to be on a mission, to show Jesus to the world, not just to those who think like we do, but especially to those who don't. Um, and I think the important thing she said here is we're on a mission to show Jesus to the world. We're not here to beat it over their heads. We need to show with our kindness and our love for each other what Jesus looks like. I can't express to you how, how much 
I, I hate it when people try to bring the fire and brimstone down on people like, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe like I do. Why can't I just show people love? And I will tell you, I have never preached a single word to some of my coworkers, but they know that I pray and they will come to me and be like, hey, can you pray about this? I'm like, absolutely. But I'm not banging it over their heads. Okay. That, and I think that's why they feel comfortable coming to talk to me. And that's what I want. Like, I want people to see that I'm open to talking to anybody about anything. I don't care. Um, and that it happens to me frequently. Like people just come up randomly and just like, tell me all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's dig in. That's exciting. Um, I had a real awkward conversation with one of the people at church. She's pregnant. So she's has, uh, some questions. And I was like, all right, let's go. Um, we got real personal, um, um, in conversation. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that was awesome. I loved it. I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I basically just listened, but she just needed to get it out and that's fine. I'm here for that. I love it. Um, on, let's see. On page 137, she says, we should overflow with the desire to tell others about who Jesus is, but we should do so with our hearts intent on those people knowing Jesus. You know, not just know about him, but truly know him. We want them to have a heart relationship with God, just that not, not just a head knowledge. It's, it's very different. We talked about this, I think it was a couple months ago, our pastor said, you know, there's a famous, okay, like Dave Chappelle lives near our area here where um pj and i live nella lives here sometimes <laughs> um but in the dayton area um dave chappelle lives here i know about dave chappelle i know what he does i know that he has a house here he's a comedian um but i don't know him i don't know him personally i have never been to his house i've never had a conversation with him so that's the difference okay you could know about god like you can have all the stats, right? You know, all the things about him, but to know him is to have a conversation and a relationship and have him in your heart, not just the stuff in your head that you know about him. That's the difference. And that's what she's saying. You know, we need to desire to tell others about Jesus so that they can have that heart relationship too. At the bottom of 137, she says, they don't need us to shut them out because their sins look different than ours we are all sinners just because we're saved doesn't mean that we don't mess up right we're still human um they are not worse sinners than we are sin is sin somebody said it the other day you know humans give sin different levels god just says sin is sin you need to be obedient and ask for forgiveness when you sin um you know people just need to hear how God redeemed us when we did sin. Okay. Because we're not perfect. That makes us unapproachable. I, I apparently look very, um, sinful. <laughs> you know what I mean? People approach me all the time because I don't try to like spew that I'm perfect. Cause I'm totally not guys. I mess up all the time on the daily. Now I can tell you <laughs> I mess up a lot. Um, I'm not perfect and I have to ask for forgiveness a lot and that's okay. The world is not perfect, but I, th- I think that we need to show and, and be able to relate to them. Um, we just need to show them how God redeemed us when we failed 
and when we sinned so that they can have hope for themselves so that they can see that they can also be forgiven. All right, chapter 12. It's called, Their Success Isn't My Failure, Learning to Be an Encourager. So she's, she starts this chapter baking and helping her husband farm in her apron. So he actually ends up taking a picture of her in her apron in front of the combine. Excuse me. Um, he was laughing at her. He was like, you forgot to take your apron off. <laughs> like you're sitting here with your nice, pretty, like, I think it sounded like it was a quilted apron is what she said. So I'm guessing it was probably like flowery and frilly and cute in the middle, you know, in front of a combine, which sounds <laughs> funny. Um, so she posted that picture. And of course the hate comments started rolling in. Um, and she let those other women's lives be compared to her. She took those comments into herself because she, you know, she just didn't feel good enough because people are just mean. Um, on page 146, she quotes Galatians 6, 4, and 5. She says, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. And when I read those first few words, it says, each test our own actions. And to me, that stood out. And it, in, in my head, it, it means like measure yourself against what God has called you to do, not somebody else. So you're measuring yourself against God's call, not how successful someone else is. Um, you know, when we remember that our joy and contentment come from God, she says on page 147, we can show genuine kindness and encouragement to those in the lane next to us who are striving to live out their purpose also. I've been decorating sugar cookies for about the last six months or so and kind of started a business I, I, if I, if I get a request and I have time, I make cookies. Um, I'm not like trying to push really hard for it. Um, I recently reached out to a couple people in our area that also make cookies and I just wanted to get to know them and like cheer them on. I'm not like, Ooh, let me see if uh, my cookies are better than yours. I don't care if anything, like we can give each other resources and ways to get better. Like that's all I'm looking for is somebody else that knows what I'm going through. Like, they can say, man, my Royal icing is just not working for me today. I'm like, yeah, dude, I've had those days, you know, just camaraderie, just knowing that someone near me knows what I'm going through and knows something about the craft. You know, um, if I was an artist, I would want like artist friends. Like I'm a nurse. So I have nurse friends that I hang out with and I can talk to and be like, oh my gosh, this IV was so hard or whatever. That's been a, a minute since I've had to put in an IV, but you know what I mean? Like any kind of task, like we can kind of talk shop. Right. Um, and that's more than anything what I want. Like they're not my competition at all. I, there's plenty of people in Dayton that want cookies. So I'm not worried about my business doing better than theirs. We all have different goals. We all have different, you know, ideas for our businesses. And that's, that's not what it's about at all. And I think that's what God wants. Like I need to cheer that one, you know, this other lady on Jennifer is one of the names of the people that I talked to. Um, I need to cheer her on because she's doing an awesome job. She's rocking out on what she does. We don't make the same exact aesthetic or, you know, the same kind of thing. Like she also makes cupcakes and cakes and different things. Um, so I, I just, I, I just reached out to them so that we could kind of connect and lean on each other when we need each other. Um, and then she talks about jealousy. 
And on page 149, she says, when I stop allowing jealousy to grow roots, I can pluck it up, throw it out and truly be happy for her. So instead of being jealous of the cookier, um, that's what we're called. If you wanted to know, um, uh, if, if Jennifer succeeds and I get jealous of her, that's not helpful for anybody. Um, but so when I reach out to her and give her like, Hey girl, you're rocking it. Like, yeah, you know, I can truly be excited for her because I can get rid of that jealousy. Um, I can just pluck it right out and get rid of it. All right. Last chapter for tonight. Chapter 13, not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> Learning that not everyone will like you. Yeah. We're all women. We've all been there, right? <laughs> we want everyone to, to love us all the time, always. Um, and she talks about she tried so hard throughout her whole life to fit in, but she never really felt good enough. So she would actually suppress some of the things about herself, the unique things that God made in her. You know, she would kind of try to push those down. Like when she was in third grade, she wouldn't tell people that her favorite color was purple because everyone else liked yellow and the cool girl, the head cool girl liked yellow. So she lied and said it was yellow. So, you know, you just, and I'm sure we've all done that, like kind of suppress something about yourselves because you don't think it might be socially acceptable. Um, and we, we just have to be careful where we find our worth. Um, on page 153, she says with God, we are able to see that the tendencies and thoughts that we have run so deep um, through us for the majority of our lives are not strong enough to withstand the truth of what God says about us. The lies we tell ourselves about ourselves are nothing compared to what God proclaims that we are. Caitlin had a post that went viral, which in turn attracted a lot of negative comments, of course, because, you know, internet. Um, she had the choice to believe them and try to correct their opinion, you know, to come back at them and be like, no, but that's not what I meant. Or she could believe what God said about her. And this time she chose to believe what God said about her. Um, and then on page 158, she says, I know that because Jesus died on the cross for me. I am made new. I am chosen and I am valuable and precious to God. We talked about this last year. You know, all the things that God says about us, we are chosen and we are worthy. Um, and we are, we're new creations in Christ. Um, and we can't ever forget how much God loves us. He gave up everything for us. He gave up his only son so that, you know, we could end up in eternity in heaven with him. Um, one of my favorite quotes from someone that I, anyway, one of my favorite quotes that I've heard is other people's opinions are none of your business. Only God's opinion matters. That's it. God says that you are loved. You are cherished. You are a new creation. If you let God tell you who you are, he's going to form you into something so amazing. He's going to take all that dust and all those shattered, broken pieces, and he's going to build you into something totally new and amazing and exactly what he needs to use in you. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan. And if we let him mold us into this new creation, sky's the limit. Heaven's the limit, really. (laughs) 
you know, he can do anything if we just let him. All right, Ooh. that's it. So next week we're going to finish the book. And sometime this week, I'm going to tell you what book we're reading next month after I figure out if I want to stick to my plan or not. I have a plan. It's all written out. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. Very indecisive lately. I need to stop that. All right. Who has prayer requests? I know, Shelly, you want to pray for Terry and the family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're... They're going to lay their mother to rest on Thursday. Mm. Her husband, I mean, he lost both of his parents now, right? Yeah, nine days apart from each other. Oh, no. But he'd been married 67 years next month. Wow. Mm. Well, I want the just to play for the planes. For the wall going on. Okay. Do you have anything else, Shelly, or is that what you were going to say? No, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Anything else? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time that we have to spend together. Thank you so much for the ladies that are here and anyone who's listening right now or watching the video. God, we just thank you for them. And we just pray that we can all look to you to find out our worth. God, we just want to look to you and ask you to guide us into our calling on our, your calling on our life. Lord, we know that you hold all the power and that you're in control. Lord, we pray over Terry's family. Um, her husband just lost both of his parents. God, we just pray peace over them. Help them to feel your presence and know your peace in this situation. God, it's so, it's so hard to go through. And we just pray God that you're with them. Lord, we pray for the Ukrainians as well as they go through this very tough time with the war. Lord, we just pray over the Russians as well, that they can come to their senses and see what, what really needs to happen and what your will is for their lives. God, just put a hedge of protection around the Ukrainians and help them to survive this and to be able to look to you for peace and love, Lord. Thank you so much again for this time that we get to spend together. Thank you for the freedom that we have to come together and speak about you. Lord, we ask also um, for blessings over Caitlin and her family. Lord, we just thank her for, thank, thank you for giving her these words to write. Um, Lord, we just thank you so much for all of our blessings, Lord. Amen. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. See you next week, guys. Oh, see you next Bye. week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the BCS podcast. If you would like to chat with us, please join our community on Facebook, Book Club Sisterhood. And you can find us on Instagram as Book Club Sisterhood as well. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Let's grow.